Welcome to Product Voices, a podcast where we share valuable insights and useful resources to help us all be great in product management. Visit the show's website to access the resources discussed on the show, find more information on our fabulous guests, or to submit your product management question to be answered on our special Q&A episodes. That's all at productvoices.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Now, here's our host, J.J. Rory, CEO of Great Product Management. Hello and welcome to Product Voices. Today's guest is one you've probably heard many times over the years. Chad McAllister is the host of the popular podcast Product Mastery Now, formerly known as the Everyday Innovator. He's author of Turning Ideas into Market-Winning Products and the founder of Product Mastery Now, a leading product management training firm. Chad, welcome to Product Voices. Oh, thanks, JJ. Such, such a pleasure to be on your podcast and having seen you make contributions to this product management space as well over the years. Well, great. I, that means a lot to me coming from you. Thank you, Chad. Um, I've enjoyed learning from you um, over the years. So uh, really excited to have you here. So we're going to be chatting about um, challenges that you're seeing uh, with companies in their product management world. And as we know, product management is is a wonderful uh, discipline, but it's also somewhat complex or at least lots of moving parts. And so challenges abound <laughs> with companies trying to optimize product management. So let's just set the stage there. Tell me a little bit about what you're seeing. We'll go into detail a little bit later, but what what are your observations about what's going on out there with companies in their product management? Space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just to set this up a bit, um, you know, long time ago, this was like 2007 when I kind of got into product management and rapidly was learning more about it. I just finished up a PhD in innovation to help me frame some thoughts about that. Um, I started training some individuals on product management ideas and how we can do a better job. And I found out a few years later, some of those people would call me up and say, hey, you know that thing that you helped me with? Can you, you come help our team, our group now? Um, and that has evolved into what I now call the uh, RPM experience, the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. And it's a virtual experience for over nine sessions, so usually nine weeks. We meet for an hour and 15 minutes, typically with product managers. And I'm taking them on a kind of a guided journey for them to largely learn themselves, take ownership of a body of knowledge to be better product people, right? Better innovators, better product managers. And in that process, I get to see, uh, you know, I'm kind of doing this ethnographic research as we go, making observations about how they talk about their products, the things that they know, the things that they don't know. And at the very end, I give them a report in addition to this uh, experience we've had together to identify the key areas that I think they should be focused on to really make improvements going into the future. Right. So um, that, that's what th this comes out of right now. I have the pleasure of having conversations with product VPs at times about their challenges as well. But I put together kind of an aggregate of the, com the common problems I run into over and over with organizations. So we can talk through some of those. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, and, and by the way, you, uh, for, for those listeners, we're going to, to link to that, that resource that, that Chad has created as well. So you'll see that on product voices and, um, uh, productvoices.com and as well as we'll link to his website. So, uh, yeah, let's jump in. Um, let's talk about some of those, those challenges that you're seeing, some of those common things that are, that are propping up around the organizations you work with. Sure. So 
One that is a recurring theme is a uh, not having much of a customer focus, actually. And you know, usually these are medium to large organizations. And as any organization scales and grows over the time, we tend to, to emphasize the things that made us successful, right? <laughs> so we get really good at, at optimizing our operations. And over time, that typically means we create some barriers or we just kind of lose how we got to where we were. We, we kind of lose where we got those original ideas and understanding the customer's problem. And it's not too surprising then to expect as, as even as product people that we kind of get a little less in touch with the customer than we were initially, right, in the earlier days of the organization. Um, and and this was has been a recurring theme in many organizations that, that they're just relying on sales or other parts of the organization to really help have customer insights. And there's a very simple thing that I've done, and I stole this completely from um, StoryBrand, which is a marketing framework that uh, uh, Don Miller originally put together. And you can find details on that, no doubt, at storybrand.com, I suspect. But it's uh, simply to lead with the problem that you solve as opposed to what you do. So, for example, um, if, you, if we were at the dinner party and you, you asked me what I do, I could say, oh, you know, I kind of have two hats. I'm a university teacher and, and teach classes on product management. And I, I also do coaching for companies at times on the same topics. And that might be the end of our conversation, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, not a lot there, <laughs> not particularly exciting. Um, but instead, if I say something like, well, you know, all companies, all organizations have some product or service they provide. And it turns out most of those organizations want to do a better job delivering value to their customers. And I help them do that. Well, now we kind of have an open loop, a story that has started that you might lean into a little bit, right? I love that. Yep. Yeah. And so my advice then is, and this is so simple and you do it in five minutes and you should think about it yourself listening to this, how, how you might reframe if you are at that dinner party, how you talk about yourself. Because inside most organizations, right, if I'm talking to an engineer, they might say, well, you know, I'm an engineer in this department and work on these things. I'm a software programmer. We're working on AI right now. Instead, if you start getting everyone in the organization, especially around product work, to lead with the problem that they're, they're trying to address and, and reframe what they're doing, you start shifting the culture to be more customer centric in this really simple, subtle way, right? To lead first with the problem your customer has and then how your work contributes to that. And it's a great, it's a, it's a, such a simple thing you can do in five minutes, but it's a great way to start getting people to think more first in terms of the customer as opposed into may, maybe their development or engineering work they do. It's still surprising to me. Um, or, or at least startling to me that uh, so many of us, and, and I absolutely put myself in in this bucket, fall into that trap of not talking to customers enough. Because there's not a single person that works in product management that doesn't inherently know that it's about the customer and that we really do have to, you know, uh, understand what their problems are. But it's still so easy to fall into that trap of staying, you know, insular and and only looking at our operations or only relying on the salespeople's feedback and not really getting out there. So I love that simple kind of trick to kind of force our minds to to think back to the problem and the and the customer. Excellent. Yeah. And what one organization that made this more apparent to me 
uh, long, you know, very long term organization I grew up with, and um, it, it's been around a long time. Um, and I asked after we did an RPM experience for them, um, said, you know, what was the key you, the key change that you've seen as a result of this? And he said, the guy that brought me in said, uh, Chad, you know, we're a bunch of engineers, and we used to talk in engineering specs all the time. We get together for our meetings and talk about engineering specs. Now, all of our meetings begin with the customer. Uh, we're, we're talking about what are the customer's needs? How are they changing? What are the problems? What are the trends impacting them? Um, and that's what we needed to see. Um, and the simple way of just kind of reframing the work you do is a great way to get there. So, so that's one key takeaway I hope listeners can put into use right now. I love that. I love that. I um brings to mind a something I heard recently from a, a friend and colleague, Barah um, Safa Ali, uh, who's a product leader at um, Amazon. And he was, uh, I think he posted it. I don't think it was a conversation that we had, but he was talking about how Amazon um, has a kind of a culture uh, or a, or a um, thing that they do in all of their meetings and they leave an empty chair. Uh, and that empty chair is representative of the customer. And so if the customer was in that room with us, you know, what would they be saying to what we're thinking or what we're doing? Are we centering the, ourselves on them or or would they even understand what we're talking about? Are we getting too much on the solution now? Of course, uh, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, talk about the operations and the solution side of things. But if the customer were in the room, would we still be, uh, you know, would he, would he or she still be able to, um, you know, understand that it was about them? Um, so I yeah. think that's a really kind of a cool way to do that as well. So, um what other challenges are you seeing out there and in some ways that co- companies are handling them? Yeah. Another one that I, I suspect we can all relate to is uh, a, a lack of understanding of the organization's strategy. And um, this isn't particularly surprising, right? There's the old uh, uh, executive consulting uh, habit that you, you might come into the executive team and say, okay, everyone write down on a piece of paper what the strategy of this organization is. And if there are seven people in the room, you get seven different opinions, right, on from the executives on the strategy. Um, so, so, you know, everyone recognizes strategy is challenging, but typically organizations have some direction they're going in and ideally strategic objectives around that direction, right? And that's how we communicate throughout the organization. This is what is important to us right now. And right now might be for the next quarter, I hope maybe a little bit bigger picture for the next year or something. But there should be some strategic objectives in place. And as product people, it's really helpful for us to understand what those objectives are. And uh, often, I find we just don't know them, right? And uh, again, in one organization, this, this came up and everyone in the, in the virtual group here, right, was looking at each other, you know, well, I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard us talking about our strategic objectives. Nothing, Right. And so one of the guys decides that um, you know he'll go talk to the appropriate VP afterwards to find out what this is, and the she she's just amazed. Like how how can you not know? We talk about them all the time, and so maybe there's just the disconnect in the organization. They actually do exist, but they're not getting down to everyone that needs them, particularly product people. Because our work, we always have choices to be made, uh, you know, in which projects get started as well as what we, we tend to emphasize. And the better understanding we have of the strategic objectives really helps us to align resources in the organization, right? It, it, if we can get everyone pointing the same way together and working together and say, hey, 
we're doing this because of this strategic objective. Oh, I get it, right? That's going to be part of my performance review. I understand how this is aligned. That makes sense to me. As opposed to, you know, some other reasons why we might be taking something on. Um, so if we know what the strategic objectives are, we should be sharing them. And I like the idea of, of frequently in our product uh, team meetings of reminding each, each other, right? Here's the strategic objective that this project is aligned with, that it supports. This is why we're doing this. Um, to the point that it might feel really really repetitive, but it's so easy to not have that connection made and to not recognize how your project takes shape in the bigger picture of the organization. Yeah, you know, I've been on both sides of that. And it's funny, as you talked about that, I, I kind of laughed to myself because when I was the you know product manager, I didn't have a clue what the strategic objectives were, right? And so, of course, I'm thinking, gosh, our executives, our leadership, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. Um, and then when I was a leader, um, I thought I had communicated that very clearly. And, and like, like the VP said in your story, like, well, how do you not know that? I've told you 50 times, right? right. Um, it's it's kind of like the old, everybody thinks they're a good driver and everybody else is a bad driver. Um, <laughs> when you, you know, how could that be if everybody else on earth is a bad driver, but not you? Um, so it's kind of the same thing. It's like we, we, we think, think as leaders, we're communicating the vision, the strategy, the goals, et cetera. Um, but you can't communicate that enough. Like right. I, I agree with you so wholeheartedly in terms of repetition and, you know, in, in meetings, you know, talking about the vision statement and talking about the strategic goals and really tying it back to this is um, aligning with, and we are doing this so that we further the strategic goal. I think that's really um uh, a great advice, but it it also just takes an intentionality, right? It's it uh -huh. seems so easy, but in the midst of our work, we don't do it enough. Yeah, it's just like the first one, right? That's really easy to reframe the work you do in terms of a customer's problem, and this one is, yeah. Let, let's remember why we're doing this project. It's to solve a customer problem, and it's related to this strategic objective. There must be a reason why we're taking this project on as opposed to someone else who who you know might might may or may not be better suited. It should align with some of our core competencies and what we're about as an organization and why we're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what's another one that you've seen? Okay. So um, this, this does get back to your customers. Um, and this is a thread that goes through a lot of the work I do is to remind people that, you know, we need to be solving customers problems and fall in love with the customer's problem itself and not our solutions to, uh, to that problem. Um, and often, as I have this group together, so um, so imagine being in a virtual room, or it could be a physical room, where maybe we have uh, 10 different product managers, and uh, maybe a couple people from marketing or strategy, and a couple uh, engineers, or you know, this nice cross-functional group. And those product managers aren't typically working with each other, right? So they're on different projects, different parts of the organization, and they're sharing their experiences with each other and learning from each other. Usually there's someone in that group who has a great story about a time that they were on a customer visit and, you know, kind of even maybe randomly ad hocly, um, they made this discovery, right? The, the customer showed them their product that they bought from the company um, and they made some modif modifications to it. It's like, oh, you know, we found this makes it easier for us to use, right? If, if we just, just changed it this way or, or 
it's a physical product and we, we built a, a case for it. So because we have, have times that it needs to be protected from the elements, from the weather or, you know, more mobile or something, right? Um, you get this insight from the customer and you go, wow, what, what a great opportunity that is. And we, we need to both be sharing that when it happens and one, sharing learning out of it because, you know, what, what we learned certainly helps that product team that's involved with that product. Um, and secondly, sharing it with other people involved in product as a great example that, to remind us that we need to be looking for new insights and not taking for granted that we just have the answers, right? The, uh, in, in one of my uh, uh, experiences with a company, we, we had customers on site with, with, in, with this, uh, you know, part of this engagement was basically a design thinking uh, kind, of, kind of engagement. We had customers on site. And one of the uh, people that I was helping to you know, try to teach them more about how you be a better product person, um, at one point says to the customer, Oh, no, no, you don't understand how this works. Let me explain your problem to you. Oh, no. Right? It's like, <laughs> oh, no, hold on. <laughs> We're trying to approach this maybe with that you know, new mind in place where we're not trying to be the experts. We're trying to understand their problem more deeply. And the more opportunities we have to be engaging with the customer and looking for things that surprise us, right? Like, oh, why are you doing that? Right? Why did you make that change to our product? Why, why did you add this step? Why is this sticky note on your monitor that says, oh, at step three, you need to go look into this filing cabinet for something, right? Um, those gives us really interesting insights, and we need to be bringing them back to the company, sharing them, obviously, with the product team that's relevant, but sharing them with others, too, as a reminder to get out there and spend time with your customers. Have you found or seen companies that are doing this really effectively and efficiently and how? So, so um, sounds like a simple question, but you know, one of the things that I've found that, that challenges organizations and teams in the, in the midst of their real world day job is that they, mm-hmm. they have this insight, the salesperson or whomever is there uh, with a client and they see the sticky note on the monitor and they figure out there's some sort of customer hassle. You know, it, it's easy to say, shoot an email to the product manager or, you know, talk to the next time, you know, we, we, we are humans. And so we forget things. Um, we're not very efficient in our communication. It's not very uh, scalable to just get a bunch of emails randomly from salespeople. So have you found some mechanisms that companies actually use to, to capture that really important, you know, data and insights as, as we're with customers and then, and then turning that into something that they can use uh, throughout their processes? Yeah. Um, so I, I think the state of of what happens inside organizations, especially as we grow, it's not surprising that we don't do this as well as we would like to, right? Um, and at, at scale, it, it tends to be that sales is driving more uh, more opportunities than anyone else in the organization. And certainly there's companies, and some of you, you relate to this too well, um, where product managers are basically just taking requests from sales and executing on that. Right. And there was one really large organization that uh, was doing so many good things. And then they, they changed their structure and they told their product managers, um, you're internal facing only now. You, you do not go spend time with customers. Oh, wow. I, what, what are we, <laughs> why, right? This is where our insights come from. So, um, you know, we could go down the whole sales path, right? We do want relationship with sales. We want to have a, 
have trusted relationships where they will bring this into opportunities with customers. Uh, this is mainly a B2B sort of context, right? Um, but as far as a good example goes, we have to be looking for that as product managers because we're probably the ones that have to engage it. Um, you've seen the you know the studies that people talk about this. It seems like a sweet spot that people usually say is around 30-ish percent of your time or so should be out with customers or you know somehow involved with customers uh, virtually or in person. But a great example that uh, does this very well is Snap-on Tools. Um, and I only know about this story because uh, Ben Britton was a guest on my podcast, and uh, it, it's a great one to listen to if people want to want to find it. It's you know productmasterynow.com slash mastery is where the page is at, or you can find it on your podcast feed and just look for a uh, Ben uh, Brinton uh, search for that. So he's their global director of of innovation, right? Um, and he came out of Pepsi, so he's a PhD chemist and food science going into a company that is making tools, right? And he knows nothing about metal, metallurgy or anything. Um, but his approach to how to lead innovation is he takes product people, right? Product managers, product developers, um, and this is pre-COVID, you know, it's been modified a little bit since then, uh, into the field four days a week. They go out and they visit customers four days, days a week. And they're with the customers just doing what the customer is doing, right? Seeing how they use their tools, seeing the problems they run into, asking them about, well, how, how can we make something easier for you? How can we make something better for you, right? Um, and I, I thought that was such a beautiful picture of how uh, discovery can actually happen. And really simply, just go out four days a week with customers and see what their experience is like in their environment and cycle through your product people, right? So he's out there all the time, but he's he's bringing different product people with him all the time in the organization to have that customer experience. That's amazing. I think every product manager listening to this is getting their resume over to Ben right now. <laughs> because Sign including me, me, including me. Yeah, right? I, I, I want to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um so maybe maybe one one final big challenge. I know you're seeing more than this, but one final big challenge that you're seeing um, common am- among organizations and product teams. Yeah, well, well, let's build on this customer one, which is the other thing I typically discover is there's great resources already available in the organization um, that provides us some insights about the customers and problems and information we would like to have as product people. Um, sometimes th- this is just in the form of, yeah, there's someone in marketing that pays for this really expensive subscription of uh, some industrial publication that gives us insights about the market and market direction. And no one knows about it out- outside of a couple of people in marketing, right? Um, or there's uh, salespeople that are making, every time they go visit customers, they're making a, a report of what they heard uh, as part of that meeting but it's not leaving the sales organization, right? It might be making its way into a CRM, but it's not getting in the hands of product people. Or another example, uh, marketing does some big survey every year or two with some of their key customers to try to identify trends from the customers. And again, that information isn't getting into the hands of product managers and people that are trying to um, lead where our next version of our products go. And so almost always, and this is really simple, we, we identify it during um, these engagements, someone in the group knows about this resource, maybe has never used it, but at least they know about it. And just 
kind of taking that uh, survey, uh, so to speak, you know, looking around your own organization for the pockets that may have some information to help you about uh, getting deeper insights into the customers that's already being collected that you could take advantage of without having to set up meetings and do additional work, really. The information is just there to start mining through. Uh, can be really helpful. And so identifying who may have access to information that could be available, just start starting to ask around. Um, at the same time, this is a great way to, to deepen some of those relationships that we need as product managers across the function, across the different parts of the organization, and to go kind of on an information hunt and see, find out who who has some insights that are already being collected that we can maybe centralize and make available to our product people. Love that advice. This has been a great conversation. Um, really interesting to hear your perspectives and certainly your tips on how how your clients and, and others are um, handling these challenges. So Chad McAllister, thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation. Oh, JJ, it's a great pleasure to be with you. Um, love what you're doing with your work as well and helping the community. For people that want to get their hands on the you know, just talking, thinking more about some of these challenges I've encountered, the ones I've talked through, and I think there's probably six more in this uh, little PDF. That's at uh, productmasterynow.com slash love, L-O-V-E, because the intention is this will help you create products they actually love. Thanks, JJ. That's great. Thank you, Chad. So again, productmasterynow.com slash love. Uh, We'll also link that um, on the Product Voices uh, website as well. Um, So thank you all for joining us on Product Voices. Hope to see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Product Voices, hosted by JJ Rory. To find more information on our guests, resources discussed during the episode, or to submit a question for our Q&A episodes, visit the show's website, productvoices.com, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. 